Baptism Sunday, super exciting. It's a lot of a lot of things to say, and it's tough because um, we could we could preach and talk and introduce and discuss baptism for a long time. You know, I, I've been in church traditions where it's just kind of like a, a a thing that happens, like oh, okay. Wash it, gas it, give me the keys. You're dunked. See you later. You know, and then I, we've been in times where it's like, man, we, my family went out to a river once and had this big whole day, day ordeal. And so it's, it's tough because as I've been talking to these people getting baptized and talking to some other friends of mine about it, man, we can't celebrate this enough, right? And, and if, you're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, there are two things we do when we gather consistently that Jesus directly told us to do, the Lord's Supper and baptism. And it should feel to you like this is incomplete. It should feel like there is no way we could celebrate enough, we could scream enough, we could eat enough. There's no way. Because it all reminds us that one day God is making all things new. And one day we get to share an eternity where we don't just gather and sing and then we got to go back to Monday and Tuesday. It's like, I oh, remember that really awesome thing. No, it's like we realize, man, Christ is in us and then we get to do this forever. Like the, the Bible goes far as to say, he is the sun. We won't need the sun because he's our light. He's, he's everything, the great I am, right? And so as, as you walk through this with us today, maybe you're in this place where uh, baptism doesn't mean much to you, church, Christianity. Man, I would just invite you, look to Jesus today. Man, don't see this as just a religious ceremony, just religious experience. Ask yourself, who is Jesus? And why did he bring me here? Why does he, why, why does he care that I'm here? Right? Look to Jesus today. If you're a Christian, if you're, especially if you're a church member, a committed member here, man, this is something that you should be pumped about. And if you're not pumped about it, let's talk about it. Let's figure out why you're missing it here. Because this means that we are welcoming in something God's doing and celebrating some eternal thing that's happened where we are now committed to someone and walking through life with them. It's exciting. We talk about stories of redemption, and that's what we're going to hear. I'm going to pray, uh, and then JR is going to come up. We're going to discuss his life a little bit, and then we'll continue kind of moving through the service and hearing different stories and do some baptisms. Does that sound okay? All right. Father, thank you for this day and for you've orchestrated to gather here. God, we don't believe anything's an accident. And so we pray that you would guide us as uh, give us ears to hear. May the power of your spirit move in us and whatever decisions need to be made, whatever needs to be made clear. God, we pray that you would do it. We open our hands to you and recognize our limitation of language, of knowledge, of things that we don't know. But what we do know is Jesus is Lord. You've said that you're with us always, and we can do nothing apart from him. So help us acknowledge that. Guide us as we worship you. Speak through JR as he, he tells us the story of how you've transformed his life. You see your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen. JR, can you come up here? JR. I uh, have told JR that you guys are very kind and won't be rude or glare at him or anything, so that's on you now. You've got to do the nice thing. Um, hey. We spend so much time talking that now it's weird that you guys are here, but you're welcome to be a part of our conversation. It's nice. Uh, JR, tell, uh, tell us about, about your life. How would you want to start off by saying, hi, I'm JR. This is, this is the life that, that I've known. Hi, I'm JR, and uh, this is the life that I've known. <laughs> Pretty good start. Thank you. Uh, so I started, uh, we'll start from around when I was six. So I lost my mom at a young age when I was six, and uh, my dad wasn't really the greatest of parents. Uh, alcohol, 
drugs, things like that. Uh, so I grew up in that, around that, thought that was what it was supposed to be. That's what life was. Uh, he married a lady that was very abusive, so I saw, you know, went through that, and boy, it's a lot harder with about yeah. 50 more people. Yeah. Um, I lived that life for a couple years, and then uh, he moved us, just me and him. Uh, well, let me go back. So my brother left right after my mom died. He, he ran away, and uh, when he married this lady that my sister kind of left the situation to because she was suffering the abuse and things like that. And uh, so it was just me and him. And I always thought that he was still a pretty good parent, you know, what I knew. He hit me a couple times. It's just discipline. That's what I thought. Just discipline. But he would drink a lot and come home drunk all the time and always have, you know, different women in and out of my life. And so I never really had a mother figure or anything like that. Uh, fast forward a few years, I started, uh, I started drinking at a very young age, probably, I think 12, give or take. Um, and that was my new normal. And then 13, 14, started experimenting with other drugs and getting in there. And basically, that was my path of self-destruction. It was due to pain, I guess, is what, what, what it boils down to. I suffered from a lot of pain. And uh, I figured the drugs, the alcohol, all that would kind of get rid of it. Um, God had been kind of in and out of my life. I, I knew about God, but I did not know God. I knew about Jesus. I knew about, I, I had heard that he died and came and saved my sin, saved all of us. And, you know, I wasn't just one on a tree. There was a whole bunch of people that his grace was for us, but I didn't believe it. I mean, from the things that I had to go through and suffer through and losing my mom at a young age, it's, to me, there was no God. There was no Savior. There was nothing. It was, my God was drugs and alcohol. And uh, it progressed worse and worse, and I started getting in and out of jail and prison. And uh, 2009, we'll go that far now. 2009, uh, actually, March 28th, 2009, I, uh, I shot myself. I was drunk. I was on pills. I was irate. I had uh, went to go do a drug deal, and it went south. The guy robbed me, and uh, I decided I'm going to... I'm going to be the God in the situation, and I was going to take his life. And God inter God and my wife intervened. And uh, even being in my drunken stupor, I thought she was standing in front of me telling me not to do it, not to do it. And I thought, all right, I'll just pull the trigger and shoot the floor, and that'll scare her out of my way, and I can go do what I got to do because my mind was set. It's not didn't happen that way. Pulled trigger and blew my leg off. 
Hmm. And some would think that would be, all right, that's enough. That's your path now, but it wasn't. It was uh, more of a path to self-destruction. It was now I got addicted to pills, bigger pills, opiates, and and when those ran out, it was heroin, and you know I I stole and I took from my own children just to go do my drugs to be happy because that's what I thought made me happy. Um, um, in that, I want to, you know, Proverbs 16, 9 says, The heart of man plan- plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm-hmm. So I was making my own way. But God needed me to suffer to be what I am now. Um, he's, he basically said, all right, here, I think I can make you a great man. It's just you have to go through some things. And I did. I went through the addiction. I went through um, the pain and the suffering and uh, almost lost my family multiple times due to drugs and alcohol and selfishness. I I didn't care about anything or anybody but me. And uh, It's interesting to hear you talk about that. You've know, been reading through the Bible as the church, and um, we've already dealt with some some difficult passages about the Lord hardening Pharaoh's heart, right? We talked about that. It's like, did the Lord harden his heart? Did Pharaoh harden his own heart? And it seems like scripturally there's kind of this back and forth, like he, he chose to harden his own heart a few times, right? And then, then God kind of played hardball and says, okay, like, that's, uh, I'll, I'll let you do that. Also, I can harden your heart too. And and, you know, hearing your story now and, and knowing a lot of other details, it, it seems like this path of destruction, it seems like a lot of times God's grace to you was saying, yeah, man, if you if you want to destroy your life, then then that's fine. Like, you know, I'll, I'll let you go down that path, which sounds so harsh because we want to see God as this loving father, which he is. But we, we, we form this ideal about God that he's just always right at your door, rubbing your shoulders, just waiting for you to turn around and give him a hug. But uh, a loving parent also sometimes says like, man, I, I can't, I can't support what you're doing. And, and then, you know, I'm always here for you. But if you're, if you're leaving, if you're going out, then I'm always here when you turn to me. But um, there's, uh, God loves us enough to let us reject him. And I think it's interesting to hear that side of your story and, and how harsh those things were. There's a lot of cost to the destructive patterns that you've had. And as we've seen in a lot of the characters of the Bible, um, a lot of the character analysis, when they find their end, when they reach their lowest point, when they realize, man, there is no hope on my own, then it's when they tend to, to look to God. I'm interested uh, maybe uh, in your story, when... When would you say there was a time when, when it clicked? You knew these things, but you were kind of rejecting them. Um, when, when did it start making sense to you that I mean, maybe there is a God who loves me, who's trying to reach out to me? Maybe Jesus really did die for me. How did those things connect in your life? So uh, in uh, 2011, it was, I think, December 3rd, 2011. You know, I, I had, like I said, known about God and things like that. Um, suffering from this addiction that I was going through and knowing that my wife and my children were on the verge of 
being out of my life forever, I, uh, I hit my knees and I said, God, if you are there, if you're real, take this addiction away from me. Um, that next day I, I, I got arrested for doing something really stupid. And, uh, I praise God for that, honestly. Um, I wasn't ready, though. So I figured out a way to get out of jail. And I seen that, all right, well, this he can help me whenever I want it. So, all right, I'm cool. I'm, you know, if I need the help, I'll just call on him whenever I want it. And uh, I literally, I spent four or five hours in jail, and I got out, and I went and got a bunch of drugs and... Uh, went and stole something else and he's like all right well here you go i'm gonna get you locked right back up because mm. it's time and uh i ended up going to prison over that and uh the first cellmate i had on fire on fire about jesus and it, it was just like okay i get it i get it and then uh he just kept kept at me and kept at me and finally i was like well if god took this away from me i guess it's i guess it's time you know, I've tried everything else. Why not try this? What, what am I going to lose? So, I mean, I, I, I went all in. I got on, I was on fire. It was, I, I got a job at the church, kind of funny, because the church in the prison, uh, I went and asked them anything available, and it was uh, janitorial, cleaning it. And it, I guess he just loves for me to clean his church, clean his house, which I'm okay with that. But uh, I was on fire, and then I ended up getting out. And in the beginning, it was it was great. You know, I was I was sober. I was on. You know, I had Jesus in my life. I did not go find a church. Did not go find a family. I had my family. I wasn't pushing God towards them. I wasn't pouring into them like I should have. And uh, I ended up turning back to drugs again for a very, very brief moment because uh, God was just like, hey, it's, it's me. You, you chose me, so now it's me. It's don't use anything else in your life as, a, as, a, mm. as an idol. So, uh, so you would say, uh, sorry to interrupt, but um, you, you had given your life. Lord, you were trusting him. You were, you were all in, and you were gaining this understanding of following yes. Jesus. But um, for lack of a, uh, a community, a lack of uh, um, people to grow with, to worship with, to seek the Lord in community together, being isolated on your own, then it was like, man, that was, that, that was too much. It was overthrown. You decided, man, I you ended up falling back into some drugs and some things for a time. Yes, and I did. And then uh, I didn't, you know, it was, I didn't have a job, so idle hands are the devil's playground is what they say. Um, well, I had someone give me a chance, and uh, after I had been sober for a few months or, yeah, a few months or so, uh, as a cook at the winery, and, uh, which was great. It wasn't my ordeal. I didn't like it, but I had started getting my life back on track. Uh, I lost my license when I was 16 for DWI and didn't have it until I was 20-something. I don't remember, but I had, I had just recently you know, got my license back, and when I do something, I try to do it all out. So I was trying to get all the licenses, the Class E, CDL, whole nine yards, and uh, but the person that I worked for knew that it wasn't 
the place for me. And then, uh, he introduced me to two of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, they were looking for some temporary help due to one of their employees going on vacation. And they gave me a chance. Hmm. They heard about my past. They didn't really know, but they heard about my past, and they still gave me a chance. And uh, right then and there is when God really started working in my life. Um, I'm still a baby in Christ. I'm still learning. I'm still figuring it out day by day. Um, but I started working for them, and God, God is continuously putting people in my path to pour into me his love and his grace. And I kept rejecting it, kept rejecting it. But I couldn't know more because these guys were just mm -hmm. amazing. And uh, one day they said something about this church. And I had been church shopping because I knew I needed a church family. I knew I needed, I mean, it, it's, it all been presented before me and I knew that's what I needed. Um, and... I showed up here one day and not lying, not just one or two people, not just five people, but the whole church was just so loving and welcoming that I knew this is it. This is home. This is home. You wore a suit and tie that day. I did. I met you getting coffee. You're standing with Mike and, uh, and uh, getting wearing a suit and tie, and I remember thinking, "Who wears a suit and tie to this church?" Because I was new, I was new here as well, and I was nervous. I was like, "Oh no! Like, what's happening? What did I miss here?" Well, funny story is, you know, a suit and tie. I, I thought, all right, I had heard that it's the Southern Baptist, and I'm like, well, you know, they're they're dressy. They they got to all dress up and be nice, wear dresses and suits and ties. So I'm glad I didn't like, wear a dress. No, no, no. I could have though, but no. <laughs> Probably would have filled it out just nice. Um, Man, do you remember? Uh, 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 do you remember how you and I met? Uh, this is this is a very Jr. story, and so I've got to got to say it. Uh, I was at our church does this uh, annual uh, cookout thing. It was a Memorial Day, and we go to the pool, right? And so uh, it was my wife and I's first time at the pool, and I saw some oh, people okay. climbing this rock wall at a distance, and I saw some of them at the pool and I thought, man, some of those people might be CrossFit people because they can climb the wall. So maybe my wife and I have a way to talk to them because we do CrossFit and we won't be weird strangers. And, and so I, I ended up climbing the wall and I was uh, around, I believe Jason, uh, was around Moon and <laughs> JR swam up next to me after I got like halfway and fell. He swam next to me and he looked at me and said, well, I guess, uh, I guess I'm gonna, gonna show you how one-legged man can beat your butt at this. And he swims over there and climbs further than I did with one leg. And that was the first conversation I had with JR. And then, so I kind of knew him and I was sitting here one Sunday morning early. Uh, it wasn't Sunday morning, it was a Wednesday morning. And I was trying to make on the Bible app that we kind of use as we're reading through the Bible, I was trying to make a, a image. I'm really terrible at graphic design. And I was trying to make an image for this verse. And I mean, I made like 15 of these things. And I didn't realize that every time I was saving in my phone that it was posting it to anyone who could see me on this Bible app. And so like every time I was making it, my phone would ding because JR was liking it. And I was just like, stop liking the bad one. Like I'm making these bad ones. It was like after like six times, it was like, dude, like 
gosh, like it's just really, it's kind of annoying, right? And it wasn't like later that day it hit me like, man, I should, I should start meeting weekly with JR. And I messaged him and then you said, man, I've been praying about like trying to meet with people for discipleship. And it was just really cool how God worked out. And so JR and I have been meeting. Tell me, uh, JR, you know, here, one of the things I'm hearing that I want to make sure no one misses here, we were talking a few weeks ago about how, how we were called to be priests. And no matter how you, how you feel about the word priests, right, you can insert the word ambassador, witness, uh, uh, reconciler, right, like Paul uses other words as well. But from the beginning, we were called to be priests. Priests are liaison to deity. Like God has always intended for those who believe in him to be made holy by him and to connect others to him so that they may be made holy. That's always been the goal. And we messed it up, right? And so then God did it for us through Christ and then now through his spirit we go out and we do the same thing right that's the goal and what I'm hearing in your story is that man even from just your cellmate that you had no control over this guy was on fire you connect the dots and then through uh working at the winery and then he connected you to Mike and Jason Sullivan and they hired you and then you ended up here like God has always been not just drawing you to himself but drawing him to himself drawing you to himself through his people to say I want you to be in a community and I, I want to emphasize that part of the story because we, we have this idea sometimes that it's just me and Jesus. That's all I need. I've dealt with that whole sin thing because of Jesus' death and resurrection. So that's all I need. And, and that's just not all you need. Um, God has called you to be in a community, in a church. You cannot follow. I'm going to say this as directly as I can. You cannot follow Jesus apart from the church. It's not possible because you were called to be in community together. And that's not me saying you better join our church today. That's me saying, listen, this is another story of like, man, we're all on this roller coaster right? Monday, Tuesday happens and we forget, we struggle, we miss it. But when we have community together, then JR and I can meet on Fridays and say, man, here's how I've missed it for four days. Let's pray so that maybe the next six days we don't miss it as much. When we gather on Sundays, we're one body. We get to share life together. And instead of having this facade of pretending, we actually know each other's life. We actually can confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we'll be healed. James 5, 16. We're growing up in the image of Christ as one body, Ephesians 4. We understand the essentialness to each other, 1 Corinthians 12, that if one member suffers, all members suffer, right? I can't overemphasize this because all of us struggle much more with being isolated and looking at my life, my life, my liberty, my pursuit of happiness. That's our focus. And the, the, the gospel, the message of the Bible is a priest, a holy nation, a people together, God bringing people, a people to himself. So I can't overemphasize that. Maybe that's something you need to hear today. Maybe someone here needs to hear someone watching from home. Man, God keeps putting people in my life. I've got my version of a cellmate. I've got my version of some business owners that were kind to me. Like God keeps putting people in my life. Like God is drawing you to him to be in his community, his kingdom people. So the whole world will know who he is through his people living like Jesus, right? Tell me about your family, JR. Um, uh, I could, I don't want to preach, preach away the opportunity, but uh, tell me about your family because your, your, uh, your daughter and your wife's getting baptized today. And so tell me how that, how that came about. Well, uh, Brandy, I've, uh, in the beginning, she, she, she was not much on God because she, you know, she has her own testimony that I don't want to speak on, but, uh, when I came to this church, she, she wasn't having it. Like, no, you can go, you can go, go ahead. And, uh, it was, you know, gradually, week in, week out, and then I decided, all right, well, I want to take the kids. You know, I had to feel the church out, even though they were very loving, and, mm-hmm. and I, I had to feel it out because I've, I've always got to guard up somehow, some way. Um, it's the life that I lived. But I decided to bring the kids, and again, 
welcoming and loving this church was. It was amazing. And then uh, the kids started to enjoy it. And I, I, Brandy had seen that. And uh, it's, it's great because our Wednesday nights aren't, aren't church, aren't sitting out here and just listening to one person preach. It's, it's, we're fellowshipping together and, and all talking about our, our lives, our personal, you know? And, uh, so she decided, all right, well, I'll just come to, you know, Wednesday night dinners. Why not dinner? Okay. We can go eat. And it kind of gradually went from there. And, uh, the Wednesday night dinners, people started, you know, coming up to her and talking to her and, then she decided, "Hey, it's it's time to time to go on Sunday, and let's mm-hmm. let's go ahead and start seeking God together." And, yeah. and then uh, Lexi last week, uh, I gave my testimony in front of the youth group last week. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that this ain't as emotional as that one was, but. Uh, <laughs> It, it was it was touching. I it, it, I know I I seen it touch a few people, and I seen God work in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lexi came up to me afterwards, and she said, "Dad, how do I know? How do I know if I'm ready?" And I still don't have that answer. I mean, I do, but I don't. So I had to have someone else speak into it too. I was like, "Well, that's a good question. Let's go ask Tisha." And. Uh, so we did, and she she gave her life to the Lord. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Let's uh, uh, Jr. and I are going to sit on the step. There's uh, actually uh, the video for uh, Brandy and uh, Lexi, so I'll let you guys watch that now. I'm Brandy, and I'm getting baptized today. Hi, I'm Lexi, and I'm getting baptized today. Hi, I'm JR, and I'm getting baptized today. Spending all the time with the youth kids, when I first started coming, it was different because I'd never really been to a church before. And after spending so much time with you and Tisha, it was something that really opened my eyes to God is real. Lost faith a lot in my life. Um, had doubts even when I started coming here. Uh, had a lot of doubts, actually. Um, and then I, JR, I've seen God work through him a lot, um, helping him overcome his demons, and just gave me something to look forward to in my own life to get over all of my own demons, which I'm still working for, but. Um, I've seen him do a lot, so. To me, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. For a while, I struggled with depression, and I think that he was a really big help and with saving me from that. I believe that he has taken away my son. He's also helped me get over fear and doubt and a lot of unwelcome thoughts from my past. Knowing Jesus now and knowing that he's real, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things, like knowing that he's actually pushing me to what is right.
compared to being in the group of kids that I was in before and letting them push me down this path that wasn't right even when I knew that God was pushing me to do what I was supposed to. And now I feel like it's easier just to walk down his path than having to have him push and push. Doing my best to walk in his footsteps and trying to encourage other people to follow him as well. To follow in his footsteps and try to encourage other people to follow in his footsteps as well. I want to be baptized because after seeing the way God has worked in not only my dad's but my mom's life, it just felt like it was the right thing to do in the right time. I want to be baptized so I can move forward from all of the bad things in the past and um, start new. Um, I would tell them that they should really look into it because it can help you get rid of a lot of doubt and fear and put you on a path that can lead to nothing but goodness. I would tell somebody that hasn't been baptized or given their life to Jesus that God helps. He takes your fear and your doubt away and if I was given the opportunity, I would tell them about how God's been working in my life. But being baptized and giving your life to God, I feel like it has to be something you are ready to do. Since I started coming to this church, God has really rebuilt my faith, and I'm looking forward to seeing where that takes me. One of the, the major themes we're going to keep returning to is we've been reading through the whole Bible and studying it as a church this year. Uh, we talked about Tov and Rach. Say Tov. Say Rach. These are the Hebrew words for good and evil. Tov means good, and I can't overemphasize this. You read first page of the Bible. God creates stuff. What kind of stuff does he create? Tov stuff. God creates good things. And then humans, when they get inserted in the story, you consistently see Rach. And it's like this... Tension, which interestingly enough, every culture of every time, every story you look at, for the most modern movies written to the most ancient stories we can read, it's ultimately a battle against what? Tob and Rach. How do we get to Tob? We got Rach. We got to get to Tob, right? This is good and evil, classic, right? Got good guys and bad guys. And I think it's so interesting that as we talk about that, we're reading through scripture, we're seeing this, you know, what you intended for evil, God used for good. It's what Joseph says in Genesis uh, 50, 20. What you intend for evil, God used for good. And it's this theme in scripture. And as if you're listening, like in JR's life, what JR intended for evil and what, what other things intended for evil in his life, things he didn't have control over, his family situations, uh, who, who his dad was, was dating or marrying at the time. Like, he didn't have control of these things. But what was intended for evil, God used for good. And so you see this story, all these people put in their life. Like, I don't know if you know Mike and Jason Sullivan. Those are great men. They're also not perfect. Like, do you know them well enough? Are they perfect? Oh, we can clap for them. That's fine. Like, let's honor them. But also then let's, let's also dump on a little bit. Are they perfect men? No, come on. You know them, right? But, but we're all one body. And God is continuing. Hear this. 
God is bringing good from evil because that's what God does. And so the, you see the story of J.R.'s life. You see it ripple into then what did, what did Lexi say? Like when I saw how God moved in my mom and dad, right? This is what it means to be priests. This is what it means to look to God and not the junk around us. Say like, man, God is the one who brings good. You want goodness in your life? It only comes through God, through Jesus Christ because you can't do it on your own. Jesus has all authority. He's with you always. And so if you're sitting here and you, you don't know anything about that, like, man, this is what we want you to hear. Look to Jesus. You want goodness in your life. That's written on your heart, but you're not getting there. You see all this rah, all this evil in your life. How do you get there? Well, you hear JR's story. Maybe you're looking at your own story and saying, man, look at all these ways God's putting good in my life. And I just keep not turning to him. Man, look to Jesus today. Cause that's it. That's the only hope you got. I might have just answered that question for you, JR, but uh, the last question we're going to talk about is what what would you want to say? What's left on your heart? What would you want to say to someone who hasn't given their life to the Lord, who who hasn't been baptized? Anything you want to say as we kind of move to to doing the baptism? What's what's on your heart? What do you want to express? I can say there's no other way. Hmm. Like I said earlier, I I tried everything else. Uh, The the self-destruction, the hate, all that, and when you give your life to the Lord, it's, you're not perfect. It's not just this miracle drug that, you know, all right, Jesus here, take my life. And then you're, everything's good. Everything's copacetic. It's not going to work like that. But what is going to work is if you do that, he's going to give you love and joy. He's going to give you the joy in your heart that you need. I want to, read something out of Ephesians 2 to kind of rope in uh, what we're saying here. Uh, it's just listen to these words from Paul. I think this kind of gets at something we're seeing here. In Ephesians 2, verse 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. All the rach. You're dead in rach. All these bad things you do. You're dead in those things in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You were saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not from works so that anyone can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. God created you to be good. That's what he created. And, and you want to do those good works. J.R. wants to do those good works, but then we, we don't do good. We do raw, evil, sin, uh, the world, the flesh, trespasses. These things come upon us. But because God is rich in mercy, because he loves us, then he came down to show us how to live through Jesus and then to take on all of our punishment and die, be crucified, lay dead, buried, and then three days later, he rose again to defeat Satan, sin, and death so that those who put their faith in him And Paul really wants you to hear that. It's by faith you've been saved. 
Grace has saved you through your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ today. This is the day, man. Thank God that he's put you here hearing the story and seeing how God ripples. Maybe you haven't connected with the church to walk out your faith, uh, to grow as one in Christ. You say, man, I really struggle to be like Jesus. Get in here. That's God's message today. Get in here. He's calling you in. I'm, uh, I'm going to pray, and then uh, me and, and some of those, we're going to go backstage and, and get ready to, to go through with the baptisms, and uh, we're going to sing a worship song. Uh, the band's going to come up, and they're going to lead you in a worship song because we want to worship King Jesus for what he's done. We want to worship as one body what he's doing. So let's pray, and then we'll worship together. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for this time to hear stories of redemption, how you're making things right, how you're bringing good from evil. God, I pray that your spirit would give us eyes to see how you're doing that in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our world, and that we would look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, King Jesus. May we continue to have faith in him, to repent and believe in the gospel as Jesus called us to. Thank you for JR, for his family. Thank you for DJ, who's getting baptized today. We love you, Father. Amen. I started going to a lot of the classes in the church and like Mr. Keys and Mr. De- and Ms. Debbie's and Ms. Bridget's. And that really helped me to understand how like what Jesus is and who he is. I learned in Savior. He saved me from like a lot of my sins when I read that on the cross. He saved me from a lot of troubles that were causing me harm in my life. Because it's a profession of faith. I mean, and I believe in Jesus that he's my Lord and Savior. He's the one that died on the cross. It usually means like he's the teacher and you're the student because you're still trying to learn more about him. Even because we don't, because we can't interpret a lot of stuff in our minds. So whenever you start learning about Jesus, it's really complex. My relationship with Jesus is good, but it's not the greatest because sometimes I have doubts. But one of the main things that I say to myself is like, God, it's clearly states in the Bible, God created all humans and there's no other God that has been described like that. Hi. Water has been a symbol all throughout scripture. If you've been reading through the Bible with us, you'll start catching that uh, from the rivers that flowed out of Eden, right, to all the wells that were established over and over and over by uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the times they visited different wells, to then the Israelites, they were, they passed through 
the river, right? They walked through the river, uh, the, the Red Sea, uh, as they were following God the promised land. And then the you know, symbol keeps moving. We'll see all through scripture. And then Jesus, Jesus was baptized. And I think sometimes symbols like this, ritualistically, they, they start losing their, their flavor to us. And I, I like to, when we talk to people about getting baptized, we compare it to uh, wedding ceremonies. Uh, if you've been to one wedding, you've probably been to a hundred. They all feel the same. Wash your gas and give me the keys. Let's get the cake. Hooray for you. And one of the things when we do weddings that I do is I emphasize like, hey, if you're here, if you're watching this, this ain't no spectator sport. Like you're, you're wasting everyone's time if you're just here to watch. Like when you go to a wedding, you are committing to that couple to be a part of their marriage, to celebrate it and to walk with them through their marriage because they've invited you to affirm and to celebrate, right? And so if you're a Christian and you're here today to observe this baptism, this isn't just for you to tickle your belly button and just watch and then move on with Monday. Like you're making commitment today. You're seeing this person baptized and on one hand, it should remind you of your baptism or, or maybe your lack of baptism. Like it should remind you like, wait, have I obediently followed Christ calling me baptized? And when I did follow Christ, what did that look like in my life? When was I baptized? This is the symbol that ripples that we remember the waters of God and the life that he gives, right? Just like when we do the Lord's Supper, it reminds us of who Jesus is. And so if you're watching this right now, you're making a commitment. Here in a minute, during each baptism, I'm going to ask, church, are you committed to walk with discipleship with this person to become one body in Christ as uh, through his spirit? And you'll say, I am. We are. We are committed to that, right? And so this is a commitment we make to each other. And I want to emphasize, if you're, if you're new to this symbol, it's, it's weird, right? It's a giant bathtub, and it can kind of seem kind of strange because we, we have people do it differently in some things. In general, you need to understand, this is a symbol. This is something that helps us understand this is an outward expression of an inward reality. Christ has already saved them. Christ has changed them. Jesus is everything. This is an expression to celebrate together, to remember Jesus, to follow obediently to him, and to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And then you guys, by watching it, by affirming it, say, we have decided to follow Jesus with you, and we celebrate this baptism with you. Similar we do at the wedding, right? There's no, like, sin-scrubbing soap in here. The deacons didn't, you know, pour the special powder that makes someone super holy when they come out. That's not how it works, right? Jesus has done all that. And so we look to this as a base symbol to say, man, this means so much more than we can even put words to. I could talk about this for another 20 minutes and still not scratch the surface because it's supposed to be something deeper than we can grasp. Thank God. What has he done? He's transformed us. He's given us reconciliation. He's redeemed us. And so that's what we're celebrating together. Are you with me? We in this? Yes, church. We in this together? Amen. DJ, come come here, bud. Be careful. It's wet. You got yourself. That's fine. One of my favorite things about doing baptism videos is uh, the question I ask at the end, I always say, is there anything else you want to say? And man, I was, I was blown away by DJ. This is like, you know, you get afraid sometimes with, with kids or with adults. Like, I don't want people making any decisions because of Pastor Dave or because of some big emotional service we had. Like, like how has Christ actually changed them? In fact, JR tickled that out with Lexi asking, when do you know? Man, hear what DJ said at the end of his video. I asked him, do you have anything else you want to say? And he, oh, come on. He said, I still struggle in doubt. I'm not perfect. But I know that there is, the Bible tells me that God created everything and he's with me and I can trust him. That's what he said. I didn't tell him to say that. Now, if you're an adult, if you followed Christ a long time, I told him that your dad's an old man. And he would say the same thing. I have doubts and I struggle, but I know Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me. So that's what we're saying. So, man, that's, 
It's exciting. Uh, let's turn this way, buddy. What is your profession of faith? Jesus Lord. Jesus, Lord. And you acknowledge that this isn't the end, but the beginning of a life where you pursue to be his disciple, to follow him as Christ has called you to. Yes. That's right. All right. Well, then, uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you, my brother in Christ. Buried with Christ, raised to new life in him. Look out there. Lexi, what's your profession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And you, you acknowledge, man, we, uh, we didn't say this earlier, but, you know, the Bible tells us uh, in Romans 10, 9, 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord and Christ, or God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And so you acknowledge that you're not just declaring Jesus is Lord as a momentary thing, but this is your whole life as pursuing him as his disciple to grow together. So, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And church, you're committed for both DJ and for Lexi to say, we are going to follow them in discipleship. We're going to grow with them to the bot to be the image of Christ. Yes? Yeah. Amen. All right. I baptize you, my sister in Christ. Buried with Christ, raised to new life in him. What, uh, Brandy, what's your profession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And you believe this isn't just the end, but the beginning of a life pursuing Christ to be his disciple, to follow him with your whole family. Yes. That's right. Okay. And church, you're committed to walk with Brandy through her discipleship to be one in Christ, to continue to grow as his church. One body, one faith, one baptism. Yes? Yes. Amen. Baptize you, my sister in Christ. Buried with Christ. Praise to new life. your profession of faith? Jesus is Lord. And uh, you believe this isn't the end but the beginning of a life following him as his disciple with your family, with his church. Oh, yes. That's right. And church, you're committed with JR, with the Malise family. You're going to grow with them as one body to be disciples with him seeking King Jesus. Yes? Oh, yeah. Baptize you, my brother in Christ. Buried in Christ. Praise to your life. pray we're going to worship some more and then we'll uh we'll bring them forward here in a minute and we'll all uh pray over them and uh walk uh celebrate at the end of the service with them if they've been baptized so, uh as we play this next song you know if you if you feel like you need to do business with the lord if god's moving you like man i, I need to be baptized I, i've never trusted in faith in jesus christ i i got things in my life that are preventing me if you need someone to talk to come forward you know we'll pray with you uh, i'll be out there in a minute carrie will be around uh we'd love to talk to you about what god's doing in your life and figure out man, why has God brought you here? How do you look to Jesus? How are we looking to Jesus together? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. It's so 
Beyond words, we're, we're so amazed at, at the way that you redeem, the way you change lives. We try so hard to put these things to words. We just open our hands and we look to you. Thank you, Father. May these things continue to become more and more clear to us by your spirit. May you unify us in your spirit and guide us to be living like you, to be obedient to all the things you've taught us, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, help us believe more and more that you have all authority in heaven and earth and that, that you are with us always. Thank you for these stories. Thank you for, uh, for DJ, for JR, for Brandy, for Lexi, for their families. Thank you for this church and how you continue to use us to follow you. We see your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen.